So today, I've got a new series that I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of easing into. And um, today I've got a title that <clears throat> goes kind of like the next step into some of the things that we shared in our in, in last Sunday in, in our Vision Sunday. And um, has to do with I mean, and, and this keeps going over in me, is, is, okay, in carrying vision out and purpose in the earth, we, we, have to have, we have to have the plan of action that God has given the church through his word, and, and we've got to see the plan of action, and there's, there's multiple plans, but it's all for the same purpose, and you know, the, 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 the title of my message today is, They Overcame. They Overcame. And I want you to think, I want you to kind of process this in a way that makes you understand why we overcome. Why in the church we're in an overcoming place and position. There's a reason why that the church of Jesus Christ is constantly overcoming. The the world in in some places are overcoming. In in some forms of thinking or mindset, the world is kind of overcoming. But in a lot of ways, the world just settles. A lot, a lot of times, the world will settle and they'll cope with life and with issues. But we, we, weren't, we weren't called to cope with fear. We have a calling to overcome it. doesn't mean that if, if you've got fear in some form of your life that you're bad or there's something wrong with you. No, if you're dealing with fear, there's something right about you. Because Jesus said, in the world is much tribulation. And when you look at the word tribulation there, it, it's, it's, it's a number of things. And fear is at the core of tribulation. There's a lot of things in the world that are tribulating, but he said, be of good cheer because I've what? I've overcome. So the church is in an overcoming place. In 1 John 5, and you can go look at this verse, uh, verses 1 through 4 or 5, <clears throat> it, says, it, it talks about whoever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And he says, and this is the victory that overcomes, is our faith. The victory that actually overcomes. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. If you're born again, if you've you've experienced the second birth, and what that second birth is, and and the revelation of second birth, and you've experienced that, then if you're born of God, you have overcome the world, because he overcame. He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome. What's confusing about that passage of Scripture is that a lot of people look like 
that they're in a situation where they haven't overcome. But if you, if you get the totality of that passage, you see that he said, he said, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. And the world represents the system, the thinking of the world. And this is the victory that overcomes. This is where we gain victory in overcoming is our faith. And sometimes we think that it represents faith in our faith. So I've got to have huge faith to be able to overcome. Well, I'll never overcome because, you know, I, I, I'm struggling with this and I'm having a hard time here and I tried that and it didn't seem like it worked and yada, yada. And so, you know, I'll never have what it, it looks like it says in this passage of Scripture. I'll never have that great, powerful faith. But yet the Scripture says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, like one of the smallest seeds that there is, that we can overcome. But where our faith has to be in, what he's talking about in in the passage in 1 John 5, my faith has to be in the fact that he overcame. He said, in the world is much tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome. Overcome what? The world. And the world's way of thinking, and the world's system, and the world's ideas. I've overcome those, and I've replaced it with better ideas that empower you to be in a position to overcome. Because listen, if you and I just live our life, and we just talk about what Jesus did, and we just talk about how glorious it was, and we cry every time we think about the fact that God loved me so much that he gave his son, and, and, and we, we get them all emotional, and we, and, and we talk about all the stories about the fact that he overcame. But if we don't ever overcome, then it appears as though he overcame for no purpose. And see, here, here's the thing. I've become convinced that The body of Christ will constantly be in an overcoming position. I'm not talking about the same thing you're trying to overcome your whole life. I'm talking about overcoming and then having a new place, being in a new position, and having new circumstances where I've got to overcome and where I have to overcome and where I have to continually be reminded. Have you ever had a revelation on something? And then over time, and, and, and because of circumstances and situations, you find yourself kind of backing off from that. Yeah, you know, it seems like I used to believe that, or I used to be strong in that area right there. But today, it just seems like, I, you know, I'm frustrated this. See, you're, you, were, you were one day in an overcoming position, but you allowed the cares of the world and the things of the world and the pressure of the world and the thinking of the world creep in and choke the word that was in there. Because the strength and the power of the word of God is what causes you to continue to remain moving up instead of decreasing. And the enemy wants you to decrease, but where we need to decrease is in ourselves and we need to increase in our revelation of who he is and what he's done and what he's accomplished. Because this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. Our faith in the fact that he overcame, not my faith in my faith. Because I'm going to tell you what, you and I will mess up and we'll fall short and things won't work exactly the way 
that we thought that they would work, but I'm telling you, we overcome because of what he did. Now, I just want to give you just a couple of verses that enforce that. Write these down and just go look at them. I, I really encourage you. This is kind of a, just a foundation. Some of these are foundational scriptures that will go with what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks on Sunday. Um, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. <clears throat> he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. And there's a lot of, 1 John is a powerful book, but it has the appearance of being very contradictory. <laughs> it looks like it contradicts itself. <clears throat> but actually, it's very supportive of your and my life that we have overcome because of what he did. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. What does that mean? That means that the works of the devil are destroyed. Right? <clears throat> and what is the what is the enemy come to do? The enemy has come to kill and steal and to destroy. I mean, that, that's his motive and purpose. His motive and purpose is to do wrong and to do bad and to do bad to people, right? And we, 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 we understand that. But he, if that's the case, then none of the works of the devil really are what they appear to be. Because all he has against your life is deception. If he can deceive you into believing something that is knowledge that comes from the world or the world's way of thinking, if he can do anything, whatever he can do to get you to believe, to think opposite of the word, then what he, ha what, what he has you in is a chokehold. And what he does is he chokes the word and the word's revelation out of your life to keep you from continuing to press on. But if we believe that, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This appears to be this way, but that's a work of the enemy because this wouldn't be a work of God. And I know that the Son of Man, the purpose of the Son of Man was to come and to destroy every work of the enemy. Amen? Those kind of things we've got to bank on in the day and the hour in which we live in because if you're going to live a born-again life, if you're going to live a second, you're going to, you're going to live according to second birth, and, and, and be delivered of first birth contamination that all of us have in one form or another, okay? Because that first birth is of the flesh. We've got to be delivered of the flesh, and we've got to enter into the revelation of second birth. And if you're going to do that, you're going to be in an overcoming position for the rest of your life. So if you're looking for easy street, <laughs> you're on the wrong street. I mean, just look around in the world right now. I mean, there, there is some absolute chaos going on in the world. I mean, 
I mean, there is, there are so many ugly things happening left and right. And, and the Bible told us it happened this way. You know, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness on the people. But God. Right? Well, we don't want the darkness and the deep darkness. We just want God and we want to be blessed and we want everything. No. <laughs> darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But God... And his anointing is what has arisen on his people. And if we don't take the commission of being empowered by God and overcoming, based on the several scriptures I've given you today, there's a whole lot more, I'm just giving you a few of if we don't, If we don't take the challenge that's there, because we're here to make disciples as we've been talking, that was the great commission, that was the last thing he said, should be top priority in our life now. We must be overcoming day to day in our life because it's a pattern of what the future holds. And the more you overcome, you know what will happen? The more you overcome. The more you give in, what will happen? The more you give in. And you got to settle it within your soul. And you know what? The challenge that I'm giving you today about overcoming, not everybody in the body of Christ has that. I have lots of friends that don't even like to hear things like this all the time because it just seems like it's, there's this constant, you know, battle mentality. But when I, when I read this, <laughs> that's all they did was fight. When I read this from Genesis to Revelation, it was just, it was a war going on. And there is literally a spiritual war going on and I have a responsibility, no matter how difficult at times it can appear to be, to, to be reminded that nothing that I see is bigger than what I know in his word. Because if he said it so, if he was manifested, the purpose of the Son of God coming was to destroy the works of the devil, then praise God, I've got the anointing on the inside to walk that stuff out. So that what? That other people can be set free. So that other people... Other people's lives are not taken out prematurely because we teach them how to believe for the angels of God. Um, in, in my little series here, I'm going to teach on the angels of God. In this little series I'm doing, I'm going to do one little piece on the angels of God. Probably maybe later in the year we're going to talk some more about the angels of God. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1 that the angels were sent here to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. How many heirs do I have today? You're an heir of salvation. Lift your hand up if you're an heir. Okay? Then you have at your disposal angels of God that are ready to be deployed on your behalf. But angels only work, they only work under the command of God and his word. You know, his words. But at our disposal, what we've been given, and we'll talk about this when we look at the, 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 the angels, what we have at our disposal is these angels to work and to do things. And I, I'm telling you, I am so convinced of what angels will do for me I mean, I release them all the time. Uh, 
I'm not going to tell you that story. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> now I've got to get over. i got this mental picture, but I don't think it's the right story to tell. <laughs> anyway, everybody look at me and say, yes, amen. <clears throat> so the angels of God are here, and they're, they're sent to work on our behalf. What are they here to do? Help us do, to actually overcome what, what has been overcome. We're, we're, we're in an, they're helping us to be in an overcoming position of what Jesus overcame for us. Yes? Now, to do that, we've got to know, we've got to know something like what Luke 10, 19 says. <clears throat> Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We just read, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy all of the works of the devil. Now, what he's given us in, in 19 here is he's given us authority to trample, trample on serpents and scorpions, which are the devil and demons, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt or harm you. Now, the word power there is ability. And if all of the works of the devil were destroyed, then what is the power and ability that the enemy would have against us? Reason. He's, he's been totally shut down, and we're going to look at another verse in Hebrews 2 in a moment. He's been totally shut down with no power and no ability to do anything. Then why does it appear that he is running rampant everywhere? Because people give him the power through their reasoning mind. The only ability that he has or a power that he has whatsoever is what he comes to tell you to try to get you to believe and receive that is absolutely contrary to what the word says. That's all he has. He has nothing else. He can't put anything on you. He can't can't take you out. He can't kill you. Oh, yeah, the devil can do this. No, no, no. The devil can't do anything. He's totally destroyed. But what he does is he's got this little chessboard or, or more, like a, more, more like a puzzle with a, about 5,000 pieces and he's working all these little things through working on one head and another head and another head and another one and another one. And if he can get everybody working and, and, and since he's operating in the spirit realm and most, you know, the majority probably, ah, we won't even say that, a good portion of Christians operate only based on what they see with their eyes, then that's why he defeats them because he operates in the Spirit. And if we don't learn how to operate in the Spirit and know what is so and know how to discern between what's right or wrong, if we don't know how to do that and we're only moved and we only live our lives based on what we see, what we hear, and by our five physical senses, then he has the ability to defeat us. And he'll use everybody and he'll use loved ones and he'll use people that are closest to you and he'll use all kinds of people 
that don't take their thoughts captive and know how to discern between what's right and wrong, and he'll work people against each other, and all kinds of things happen. One day, um, <clears throat> years ago, there was, a, there was a shooting in a post office in, I want to say in Oklahoma. I think there was. There was there's been a number of them, but the one I'm thinking of. And, uh, and I may be a little off on this story, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure it's not exaggerated, so I'll back off a little bit because I'm not exactly sure, but I know this one part. So a guy that works at the post office gets up that morning and something says, don't go to work. He's not, he doesn't have any symptoms in his body. He's not feeling bad. It just don't go to work. So he just kind of, and he was a Christian, and, and he just kind of shrugged it off and didn't think anything about it. And so he's getting ready, and he gets this sense again on the inside of him, don't go to work. It wasn't, don't go to work, something bad's going to happen to you. No, God doesn't speak that way. God just said, stay home today. You know, most people that work government positions are very faithful people or they wouldn't have the jobs. And so they show up at work, probably most of them haven't missed very many days. And this, from what I remember about the story, this is this guy. So there's no natural reason to stay home. He gets dressed and he still has this sense. He's in the car, he's driving towards work and he gets almost to work and he takes a different turn and he goes around the block or whatever it was and he comes back around again and he still has this sense and he's about to pull in and he keeps going again and he drives around and the guy goes home. And the guy went home and he got home and he told the people at the post office, I can't come into work today, but I can't tell you why. And he got off the phone and he began to weep. And maybe an hour later, that place got shot up. And where it got shot up, if I remember right, he, was a count, he, he worked at the counter and the person that came in shot everybody dead at the counter and he would have been right there we overcome by our faith and confidence in the voice of the spirit telling us what is right and we have to practice that and sometimes you have to follow a leading that sounds really stupid really stupid but that leading won't it, it may go against natural things, but it, the leading won't go against what God says in his word. And the fact that all of the lies of the enemy have been destroyed, you and I have the responsibility to understand what's truth and what are lies. And each one of us in our own lives have situations that come against us, and we have to discern what is truth and what's a lie. So he's given us authority over all the authority and the power and the influence of the enemy and nothing will by any means hurt or harm you. I just take that literally. Always have. For years and years and years I've just taken it literally. That nothing will hurt me and harm me. So when things come and things try to hurt me and they try to harm me, I'm reminded of that and I put that passage of scripture to work. And you have to be a doer of that word for it to work on your behalf. Another verse I want you to look at. 
Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2, it'd be good for you to read actually these first two chapters. If you're studying and you take these scriptures and you do something with them, it'd be good to read these first two chapters of Hebrew. Hebrews. Um, but let's just skip down to verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he, gives, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he made him, in all things he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered and tempted, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted and tested and tried and you will be for the rest of your life if you believe in the word because the persecution and the tests and the trials because they come because of the word when the revelation of God's word increases in you then you become a target for the enemy it looks like other people are targeted but anytime you do something with the word and you begin to make the word a part of your life you become a target you know what else will happen in, in your mind and thinking? Is you'll begin to experience confusion. Man, I'm having a hard time understanding this. I'm having a hard time getting this. I'm having a hard time. Because he's doing everything he can to get you to quit applying the word and allowing revelation to come inside of you because it's that revelation that causes you to overcome. Amen? Here we see in this passage, we see that through death, through his death, see, the Son of God was manifested, we read earlier, Son of God was manifested to destroy, the, or, or, or the purpose was for the Son of God to come to destroy all the works of the devil. And we see right here, through his death, he came to destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Where did he get that? He got it from Adam and Eve. God gave it to Adam and Eve. He took it from Adam and Eve, or they gave it to him, and he, he, it was his, and for 4,000 years, he had that power. Jesus came and he stripped him of it. And <clears throat> interesting, interesting about the word death there, and, and I won't go into this, but I will <clears throat> in the series as I'm teaching it. Interesting thing about that word death, when you think of death, you think of you know, somebody that's passed from this earth and on. So, so and, and some people have defined it in their own thinking, that word death there is ceasing to exist. But, but actually, that, that word death, the power that he had was to constantly convince people that God can't do what he said he would do. 
One of the things that took Abraham so long for, for he and Sarah to conceive a child and to really believe that it would come through, through his loins, through her, is because the enemy had him convinced that that couldn't happen. Uh, anybody think that was a tough one? Uh, especially at 90 and 100 years old, it's a, it's a tough one, right? Her being impregnated with child at 90 plus years old, that, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. But, it, but the Bible says in Hebrew that he came to a place where he became convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. That is the, the death that the enemy had control of in, in manipulating people to believe what he said instead of what God was trying to say. And that's why you don't see a lot of victorious things happen through a lot of individual people in the Old Testament only happened through a few that really embraced that and took hold of it. Now, Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, and it can happen with all of us if we allow these thoughts and ideas to be put under our feet and not give place to them and believe that what this book says is real and everything that it says will come to pass on our behalf. But listen, the thing here is it's not just the printed page, it's the revelation that comes out of it. And how does the revelation come? The revelation comes piece by piece by piece. That's why it's going to be for the rest of your life. Now, now, now you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm fairly smart, and, and I'm, I'm convinced that the devil is fairly smart. Okay? So, <clears throat> if, you know, if, if I've been doing nothing, and then all of a sudden I get some word, and I get a little bit of revelation, and I overcome in a certain situation, and I'm rejoicing, and man, I'm, I'm telling Amanda about how I've done that, and I'm telling my mother-in-law how it's so great, and I'm telling Matt about this victory that I got. Now, do you think that the, the devil gets stirred up? Yeah, and, and so what he does is he, he, he releases his demonic force, his demons, which are They've never been, they've never multiplied. It's still the same third that was kicked out of heaven when he was kicked out of heaven, okay? Those are the demon spirits that work on his behalf. So he gets frustrated when I get victorious. So now his job is to release his demon spirits because he, he can't be all places at all time. Only God can be that. But he's in the realm of the spirit. So, so if there's a demon right here right now, Little guy? Yeah, <clears throat> if there's a little demon spirit right here, in here right now, you can't see it with these eyes. Or if I'm teaching you something today that all of a sudden you're feeling nauseated about and it's not right and it's not, you, you just know I'm telling you stuff stupid lies and things that are not true, you know, and, and in, in that information is, is, a, is a tinge or a form of demonic influence because it goes against the word. And we battle these things all the time. See, if this thing was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not. And I'm telling you, the constant work that the enemy does when you gain a victory to try to make sure that that doesn't happen again in another area is, can be life-changing. Because I've seen through the years many people 
see something happen in their life and they get excited about it and it's the last thing they ever see. I've seen it for years. That's the last victory that they ever see. Because the enemy comes immediately to steal that word because now, he see, he wasn't paying a lot of attention because they weren't doing, it doesn't matter whether you got some word in your head, just don't do anything with it where it gets down in your heart. And he's pretty smart. And I'll tell you this, I'll give this about him. The only positive thing I'll say about the enemy, he is absolutely persistent. And he never quits. You know why? He knows He knows he's destined for the pit because it was created for him and his demons. And that's where he's destined is for the pit. So it doesn't matter to him how many lives that he screws up and how many people that he keeps in bondage. That's his job, and he is adamant about making sure that it happens here. I'm telling you today, you don't have to be that way because Jesus is in you. If you're born again, if you've experienced the second birth, the empowerment of second birth causes you to overcome if you embrace it and do something with it. Can you say amen? Now, last two passages. 2 Corinthians. Well, actually, I'm going to read Revelation 12, 11 first, and then we'll end in 2 Corinthians 10. Revelation 12 and verse 11. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And there's a lot said there, and we're going to break this verse of Scripture down, but I'm going to say these two things as I go to 2 Corinthians 10. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. They who? Me. Everybody say me. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb, and the word word that I say as a result of the empowerment that I have because of what the blood accomplished. See, See, never, ever will this life ever be, this walk with God ever be about me. Ever. What I have to do in this thing is obeying what he said do. And he set this lifestyle up to where humanity will do his word. And he set it up for kind of for us to get some glory with the victories. See, because if I've done my due diligence in the word... And somebody has something in their body, and God is telling me to lay hands on them and command the sickness to go from their body, and it goes. People are going to look at me. Wow. You see him pray for that person? And, 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 and do you see where, I mean, if you were the devil and you didn't want to see something like that happen, what would happen immediately when something good happened like that? You're going to work overtime to make sure, you know, bring people across my path. Yeah, man, you're, 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 a, you're one of those healer guys. 
You know, you're a healer anointer guy that just lays hands on people and everybody gets well. Oh, yeah, that was awesome, Pastor. That, you're, you're, you're the man, you the man. And all this stuff, and people may come and, and work that way. And then, then he'll come and try to convince the person that got well that, you know, yeah, but what about this ailment? Yeah, but he prayed, but now this kind of thing hurts here, and so they take it back. He's going to work overtime to make sure that that gets messed up because they don't want an epidemic of healing. See, we're not just working against situations. We're working against all of hell trying to stop this stuff from happening. That's why, that's why all year long you need to have 1 Corinthians 13 plastered up all over your house and everywhere and make it, I mean, you know, do it in a real pretty way. But, but you know, I, even if it's not pretty, you need to be reminded of walking in the power of love. And the enemy hates it and he knows that everything hangs on whether the church walks in love from inside of them. Because then it's unconditional. I walk in love no matter what you do. I walk in love no matter what anybody else does. I walk in love because God said. Right? That's where the power comes from. That's where the empowerment comes. Will you mess up? Yes, you repent and move on and keep loving. Keep loving. Repent and keep loving. Repent and keep loving. You know why? Because you, if you love where normally you wouldn't have loved, if you're kind to somebody and normally, you know, you would have tripped them and you chose not to do that, okay, here come the demons. You say, ah, you know, I don't want to be all this. No, no, I'm not telling you to be, to be focused on the demons. I'm telling you that stuff's going to rise up to try to keep you out of walking in love. Well, I was kind to him, but that didn't work. You know what they did is this, okay? So you got moved by that, and it took you four days to get over it. That's okay. Repent and keep loving, right? Okay? Yeah, but, you know, so-and-so said something, and, you know, I, and, and then you're going to judge someone else based on what another person said, and you're going to believe that report, and then you've got to get over that, and then you've got to repent and just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Don't let anything stop the love walk. This year, as it was last year, is about fulfilling the Great Commission, which is making disciples and reminding people of everything that God said, that Jesus said. And the second thing is to love God and love people. But we will not do that if we don't overcome in every situation we face and not allow something to fester and, and something to remain and, and get lazy with the word and get lazy with overcoming and get lazy with the principles that I'm talking about today, get lazy with being reminded that the enemy is defeated, I'm not giving in to this thing, it doesn't matter how it looks, it doesn't matter the struggle that I'm going through, I'm overcoming. Why? Because... I've already overcome. Jesus caused me to be an overcomer, and I overcome as I have faith in the fact that he overcame, and I operate in his power and strength that he's given me. Everything you and I have is on loan from God anyway. So don't begin to think that what you got's yours. Well, I guess you could, but, you know. Anyway. 2 Corinthians. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and then I'll end with this 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 
For though we walk in the flesh, or you wouldn't be walking, we do not war according to the flesh. We don't battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, is what Paul called it, it's warfare, are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The the Amplified says, for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds, mindsets, thoughts and ideas that the enemy will bring to your mind or that has been established in your thinking from your past, your upbringing or whatever it is, that have to change. We have to alter that thinking or we continue to let the same type of circumstances happen and then we, we don't overcome. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Casting down arguments. Um, My my mother, my stepmother, um, passed this last year in right toward the first of December she passed and uh, but for a year and a half some things happened to her and I spent a number of trips going to New Mexico to um, be there with my dad and and about three different times the doctors said that she was done and uh, so I burned a trail on I-10 you can drive pretty fast on I-10 once you get past the turn off to Brian and Sanders' house. <laughs> anyway, so you got a lot of time to pray when you're going out there. It's actually easier to drive to El Paso from Kerrville than it is to try to go to San Antonio and fly to El Paso, have to rent a car and do whatever. I can get home, my home, quicker driving, and it's Seven and a half hours. Anyway, just in case you wanted to know that. But uh, so, so I'm driving and I'm praying one, one day, and, and they'd gotten the report this was maybe a year ago. And I'm praying, and, and my head said, well, this is it. She's done. But my spirit was saying, no, she's not done. She's got life in her, and she wants to live. And, and, and I knew that. And so as I'm driving, the Lord said, you know, doesn't matter what anybody else said. So as I'm driving, all my, you know, the three or four siblings that, were, that had showed up there, they were all telling me, it's done, she's done, it's finished. And the doctor said that probably by the end of the day she'll be done. This is, a, this is like a year ago. It was, in, it was actually uh, a year ago this past December when that happened. But I'm driving, and, and inside of me, I knew it was different. And I knew I just needed to get there. And I didn't, you know, show up and drive up and y'all bunch of faithless wonders get out of here and let me show up and, and do my work, okay? I just knew what God said. And I came in the room and I grabbed her hand. She was, you know, not responding at all. And I grabbed her hand and I said, Mamaw, are you ready to go? And I said, I don't think you're ready to go. 
And if you can hear my voice, squeeze my hand. And just a little bit of squeeze. I said, so what you're saying is you're not ready to go. And, and I think one of my siblings were in there, and I was just saying it just like that. And I said, I said, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak life and strength to her. That's all I said. And I just put her hand down, and they were coming in and out and in and out. And in four hours, she was eating. But I was going, I was leaving my house thinking that we were done. Okay? Up here. But what we have to do, according to this verse of Scripture, is we have to, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold and casting down arguments or reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against what God's saying. Now, if I'm driving and I'm praying in the Spirit and I don't get anything, then what do you do? You do whatever you hear to do. That's why we've got to know how to hear his voice. But in that situation, I heard something, and I just did what I heard. And you know what happened? It happened just like I knew it would. I had seven and a half hours to pray and get my mind clear about what, was, what, what I needed to do. And you know, I walked in there, and there was no pressure to perform. There was no something on me that, you know, she's got to be raised up because of what I see. And if you go in and you say all kinds of things that God didn't tell you to say, that's usually what happens. So I just walked in. I did what he said. She was alive, and she lived for another year and some odd. And... Why, why other things don't happen at a certain time? When my, my, when my mom passed, she was tired and she was done. And I knew it. And I'm just talking about my communication with God. I, I knew it was done. And, and I didn't want to give up. You know, I had something on the inside that didn't want to quit or whatever, but I knew she was done. And when we knew that and, and we released it, and I had left after she had some promising things happen and she was waking up and she was coming out of it and she was eating and different things. And, and, and I left, but when I left, I knew that it was over. And then she just went downhill and, and I, was, I was at home and I asked them to put the phone to her ear and I said to her, it's okay, everything's good, dad'll be all right. And all that. And she went. In about 45 minutes, she was gone. And sometimes that's what people need. People need what God is saying is, is okay. You understand? Don't ever judge what happens to one person or another, ever, okay? But let's ourselves not let what happens to someone else dictate how we believe. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's what God's saying to us. It's the revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus that we're walking in that causes us to expect things to happen and certain things to change. And every set of circumstances are going to be different. You can't put stuff in a bag and just shake it all together and expect everything to come out the same way. God set it up that way because he wants us to know how to hear him every minute of every day in every situation. Can you say amen? I'm, we're not going to read them today, but kind of prepare for next week if you want to look at 
Revelation 2 and 3 that talk about the seven churches. And it says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame at the end of the things that they came through because they didn't love their lives unto death. They laid their lives down and did God's will and, 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 and walked things out according to his purpose and plan. And it caused them to overcome. Can you say amen today?